0: On the show today, I've got a review of the new Dirt Docu series from Flow Racing, Wednesday results, plus a track and a streaming service taking some risks to try and move the needle. Let's go. It's Thursday, May 18th. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily got some racing to talk about today and i've got a bit of review for that first episode of the dirt series about kyle larson from flow but i want to start first with a few news bits from the last month or so that involve tracks and streaming services trying some different models earlier this week oceanic speedway in canada announced a season-long program where one racer at their banquet will be awarded 500 in cash and 1500 in credit from an apparel company for quote exceptional social media engagement throughout the season effectively spreading the word about the racing endeavors unquote. They will have a panel vote on the award taking into consideration their creativity, audience reach, storytelling and positivity. Could be a great opportunity for their racers to help promote themselves on social media, also promote the track and then also vie for a nice reward at season's end. This isn't surprising coming from a track like Ashwagen that live streams their weekly shows for free on YouTube. They definitely seem to be a little more forward thinking and not so averse to taking some risks. This program is a version of an idea I've talked about on the show before in finding ways to incentivize the racers to uh, help promote races each week via their own channels. And obviously, you know, you're talking about social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, wherever that is for these guys. I'll be curious to see how this works out for both sides as the year progresses. In the same vein, a new Midwest-based streaming service uh, service was announced about a month ago. It's called Dirt Crown TV, and they're covering the Stock Car Crown Summer Series, the Malvern Bank Sprint Cars and Late Model Series, and the Hooker Trucking Late Model Series. These guys aren't super breaking the mold here. Uh, they're promising to share more revenue with the racetracks, and that's been the strategy employed by all of these niche streamers as they vie for rights at smaller tracks. And kind of in the wake of some of the bigger services backing away from some of these deals, like the easy thing they can do is come in and say, we're going to do pay-per-view, we'll give you more of the money, and then the track sign on because it sounds good for them. But where these guys are differing a bit from some of the other small players is they're also promising to pay racers for helping spread the word. When fans sign up and purchase, they can use special referral links that will pay racers $5 for each transaction. Affiliate programs are common for all sorts of other e-commerce situations. In fact, some people make a really nice living that way but they are rare in motorsports. Where this is weird, though, is fans can get season passes on top of just buying races individually, and I think the math could get a little bit wonky here. The service's co-owner, Rob Marsh, was on a recent episode of the Front Stretch podcast, and his talking about the breakdown of splits kind of seemed murky and unclear, You know, especially without knowing their share with the racetracks. I appreciate them deviating from the norm, but I hope they haven't found a really good way to make little to no money on this endeavor. A hat tip to Josh at the QuickTime podcast for the heads up on the Dirt Crown TV deal. There are plenty of uh, examples out there of racetracks and industry businesses operating with their heads in the sand and being super short-sighted, but I did want to point out some recent examples of folks out there trying to think differently and take some risks. These programs might succeed or they might fall flat, but hell, at least they're trying. Uh, A busy week of dirt lame Model racing continued last night at Davenport Speedway in Iowa. The Flow Racing Night in America series stopped by for a little 23,000 win show on a Wednesday. While not a bad race in any way, the kind of usual wide multiple lane Davenport that we see was not on display last night. The top of the track was there early on, but as laps ticked by, things became very bottom dominant. Dennis Herb Jr. was able to roll right around the inside tractor tires and take his second series win of 2023. He got to the lead before halfway, outdueling Mason Ziegler, and then was unchallenged the rest of the way. Wasn't a rubber-down night, just one where the top didn't stay good enough to make it a viable option later on. Hudson O'Neill went 7th to 2nd, and uh, Bobby Pierce was 3rd on the night. Kyle Bronson was the big mover. uh, In the feature, he went 18th to 6th. Big hat tip to the track in the series, as the race was done just after 9pm local time. If you're going to run midweek shows, that's how a program needs to be handled. Get folks out in a reasonable amount of time because school and jobs still have to happen the next day. The Flow Series has one more race on May 31st at Florence before the series goes quiet for the rest of the summer. They return to action later in September at Fairbury. Hudson O'Neill sits atop the standings right now with Bobby Pierce and Brandon Shepard in second and third. I did also want to talk about Mason Ziegler and the rap he's running right now. Ziegler led the feature early on before fading to 8th at the checkered flag last night. If you watched, his number 25 almost looks like it's completely blank, Looks like a black race car rolling around the track. But there are actually sponsor decals and his number on there. It's just that they're kind of in this dark reflective vinyl. And under certain conditions, like when the light catches it just right or when a photographer uses a flash, the car's decals and, you know, kind of detailing on it lights up. But it's kind of strange. He told the Always Race Day guys his sponsors are cool with it and that it's just temporary as they get ready to uh, reveal a, a new look for the car, a new wrap for the car. I think it's an interesting concept, but it's not doing his sponsors any favors when you can't see them on the broadcast. You know, you had a, a, a big show Wednesday night broadcast, not, you know, not a lot of things happening elsewhere. Your car is in the lead and it just looks like a black race car out front. If I'm backing a race team, I would not love this look. Drop me a comment. Let me know what you think about this uh, version of this race car from Mason Ziegler. And I think kind of for the time being, the series are OK with it. But I would assume going forward that the uh, two at, at least the two national tours, the World of Outlaws and the Lucas will not be super cool with not at least being able to see the number at Delaware International on Wednesday night. The Short Track Super Series was in town for a 50 lapper. Billy Pouch Jr. started on the outside front row, grabbed a lead right off the start from Rich, La- uh, Rick Laubach, excuse me, and never looked back again. He led all 54 of the $5,000 score. Alex Yankowski was second. Danny Buck was scored third at the checkered. He doesn't appear, though, in the final rundown because he was dequeued afterwards for not making minimum weight. That promoted Matt Shepard onto the podium, which was a massive bounce back from him after hitting the turn two wall on lap 14 and spinning out. He was third at the time uh, and had to go to the work area to kind of get things handled and then drive back through the field. There was also a nasty tumble for Ryan Godown just five laps in. I don't know if he caught a rut or something broke, but it looked like he went for the ride all by himself in a Turn 1. We'll see the uh, Short Track Super Series Modifieds again in a few weeks at Outlaw Speedway. And here in North Carolina at Millbridge last night, Kenan McIntosh stayed hot, winning yet again in the non-wing 600 micro feature. He's been super dominant on Wednesday night so far this season. In the winged micro feature, it was Kyle Bush picking up the victory in his Rowdy Energy sponsored 51. Pretty cool to see Kyle continue to run weekly and find some success uh, uh, in the uh, in the micros. All right, I finally got the chance to watch the first episode of the Dirt docuseries from Flow Racing that follows Kyle Larson. Since this thing debuted on actual television, I feel like I'd suggest watching these episodes the next day on Flow Racing just because they're not censored on the Flow platform. Especially on later in this first episode, Justin Grant drops a lot of F-bombs uh, and I want to hear that stuff. I don't want to hear it beeped out. Overall, I think the series, and and this episode at least, is really well done, so kudos to the team at Flow for their work, you know, filming and editing and putting this all together. For the hardcore dirt uh, racing fans, though, some of the voiceover stuff is like a little bit cheeseball, but I get it, they're trying to educate a bit and appeal to non-dirt fans. I also didn't love that they portray Grant, Tyler Courtney, and Thomas Meserell as young up-and-comers. That's not really true at all. Team mez is in his 40s, Grant's 32. To the wider motorsports fan base, these guys are certainly lesser known for sure, but they aren't Buddy Kofoid or Ryan Timms or Garrett Smith. Timas and Grant are more journeyman racers, and I think that's a better storyline anyway than calling these guys kind of young up-and-comers. That's just a small gripe, though. And other than those two things, it's really entertaining, and it's what I would have hoped for. I like that it's about Larson, but not exclusively. It's like Larson is kind of the gateway to the sport as a whole, and then all of these other guys. If you haven't watched it yet, this opening episode mostly focuses on Larson and Grant at the Chili Bowl during prelim competition. There is commentary in there from, from t from Tyler Courtney, uh, from uh, Kyle's wife, Caitlin, from, from Justin Grant's wife. There's all sorts of other people kind of involved in this. And there are definitely some real moments, including issues for Grant at the Chili Bowl that we kind of get to see be in the middle of firsthand where he's having issues with the car. If you haven't watched it yet, you can check it out on Flow, but I also saw that it's been posted to the Flow Racing YouTube channel. I'll link to it below if you want to watch, and we'll keep talking about this as the series continues. That's it for the show today. Make sure to stop by dirttracker.com watch tonight to see what's on the streaming schedule today. Also, you can support what I'm doing by liking these videos and subscribing to the show wherever you are, whether you're on YouTube or the various podcast platforms. And if you're newer around here, can't you don't have to just watch these on YouTube. If you want to catch it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else you get podcasts, you can certainly do that. Reviews on those platforms are helpful as well. If you want to go a step further, check out the channel membership program for a few bucks a month and you can get merch at shop.dirttracker.com. Hope you guys have a good Thursday out there. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.